0: Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen
1: Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. I have the next big idea. Have you told me yet? Nope. This is brand new. If I were Carnival Cruise, I would be marketing mom's only cruises. And you can only get on if you are an overworked, underappreciated, ready to fucking blow it all up mom. Here, I'm going to expand on that. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Yes. But when you book, you immediately get like five sitters numbers sent to you. Yes.
1: They do the work for you. Yeah. I like I mean, I
0: know that, you know, they have another parent and the parent can be like, fine, I'll parent, but you know, if you need a sitter or something like that. They help. They
1: help. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I feel like this has lots of legs. I mean, technically it's a boat, so it didn't have any, but you know what I mean. It's like when you, uh, you've said on
0: some podcast or something, you're like, I just am used to being tired. Yeah. It's just what level of
1: tired. Right. It's, It's just. Yeah and there's on the cruise you don't make a single decision other than the ones you want to make that's it there's therapy on the boat if you want to go to therapy there's Cried yoga out. on the boat if you want to go to yoga Stretch there's it a out. flat out rage going on if you need to get out there and just glow Break stick to your happy ass till you drop yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh glow oh
0: you, oh rage like rage like party rage yeah like party rage oh i meant like rage like bur- you- like she, I you said, can I was do like, that, too. <laughs> like a rage room.
1: You just break a TV, get a sledgehammer That's in there. I, said. I was like, oh, bust a TV. You can do that right after or before, you know, okay. in your glow sticks. Who cares?
0: Wearing glow sticks while you break a TV. Even better. Okay. I like it. See? Then a tutu. Do
1: it. Do you. There are do no rules. The only rule is you do you. Wait. Do I have to get off the boat? I mean, I'm sure they can do like an extended service mm-hmm. for... <laughs> Those select few that can <laughs> extended stay.
2: <laughs> can I get a late checkout? Can
1: I get a late checkout? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, yes.
0: I need a late checkout every day. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I actually think I do check out most days.
1: Yes. So, so we're good. That's <laughs> pretty, for me, it's early. It's it's, yeah. I'm like, okay, early I gotta checkout. Go.
0: early check out.
1: We're good. We're yeah. Good. But what I'm not checking out on today is this episode. It's really good. Oh, man. It's so good. So Megan Bartley is back on the
0: podcast and this is her a millionth time on. I'm not I sure know, we've lost count. Cause lost she count. couldn't even take, I'll probably will link it. I don't even know if you guys need a link because she's so amazing. Like just, <laughs> just search for her. all of them are <laughs> pop up. I mean, she's really, she's just so accommodating and just authentic and all the tag words, all the, bu- all the bumper sticker words you need, but she really is those. Yeah. And I just love talking with her. She makes me feel so
1: accepted. Absolutely. She makes me feel like my crazy is normal. And validated, and that I am doing a good job, even if I feel like I'm not. Like, she's always there to be like, Girl, you got this. Let's just flip your perspective a little bit. Do a little mind shift. What mm-hmm. do we need to do? And she's so good about bringing it back and being like, Let's, instead of putting a band aid on the problem, let's look for a reason why the problem's here. Yeah. Why are you <laughs> still opening that wound or, you know, mm-hmm. or
0: scratching exactly. your knee? It's, so, we initially had this idea of having her on to talk about children and anxiety and during the pandemic but what we uncovered while we were talking was so much more needs to go into what the nurturing person is getting in the family right so
1: if you're the caregiver and you are feeling depleted like this is this is for you like this is the one where you're like ah okay there's a lot of aha moments in here there's a lot of just there's gonna be a lot of homework I think mm. at the end of this episode which is great because I think we're going to get a lot more answers when we're ready to look internally as what is bringing on the anxiety in the house so well, we can't outsource yeah. everything I mean, that's what she points out in the very beginning and it's,
0: it's very difficult it's easy for we've been we've been relying on other things and the pandemic has pointed out things that maybe we need to work on and mm-hmm. maybe it has maybe it hasn't for you guys but I know in our households it has and some things have popped up and you know, it's not like you're doing, you have to do a better job or a good job. It's just doing the best you job.
1: Exactly. Like, are you serving yourself? And I was like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to, for you guys to hear this. Uh, I think you're really going to walk away with some really great tips. And And don't worry, she does talk about ways to approach it like
0: Yes. this is yeah. not <laughs> we just we started and then it was like so much good stuff and we're like oh yeah that was a reason we were here right yeah
1: but it, it does it all comes back I mean she definitely brings it home as to why anxiety with your children and the pandemic starts you know with you and I'm like damn it and she she's is right <laughs> she's,
0: <laughs> she's basically you know she uses the mindfulness and she's mm-hmm. really big about taking everything in a holistic approach so if you think about it. She can't just solve one issue without starting with the very first thing, exactly. which is usually you, with
1: right. you. are you, you're, <laughs> you're, you're trying to find a solution out like in the external, but really the internal is where the, the solution lies. All right. So we hope you enjoy.
0: Please check out all the links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Well, here we are again. Mm-hmm. We're Zooming today. And who yes. does we have Megan
1: Bartley back in the studio virtually this time. Although I feel like the last time you were on the show, it was virtually as well.
2: Right? I think so. Yeah. I remember we doing uh, one at least that was virtual.
0: Yeah, I agree. I um, think it was pandemic. It was uh, how to handle the pandemic. <laughs> Spoiler. We still, still don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're still here. We're still here. Yes. Yeah. We didn't know that. We didn't know that was coming. But something we we definitely all been more attuned with during this pandemic, is our children and how this pandemic seems to be affecting our kids, especially when it comes to anxiety. Um, I definitely feel like both of my kids, I have seen in, an uptick in their anxiety and like how it shows up for them might be a little bit different, but I definitely can tell they both have it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So we wanted to chat with you today, Megan, and maybe you could just help, you know, the parents out there who are also seeing anxiety plaguing their kids right now what can we do and how can you help (laughs) (laughs) and not
0: make us anxious about that right
1: (laughs) right because my anxiety about their anxiety is like at an all-new
0: level (laughs) I'm like I'm anxious about them being anxious and then that makes me anxious
2: (laughs) right yes it's very systemic right so like it's it's holistic it's a system and so I mean that's the first thing I thought of with this topic is you know, kids don't live in a vacuum, right? They live in a family, they live in a household, and they have all these systems that they're involved in the family system, the school system, maybe a religious tradition system. Um, You know, maybe there's a system to the neighborhood, you know, like all these different systems. And so I don't like looking at a person in a vacuum to say, Oh, this person has anxiety, let's do x, y, z, because I really think there's value in looking at the whole system, right? So the first thing I would say is, you know, let's take the temperature of anxiety with mom and dad, right? Is
1: that an all time high? So, okay. Of course it. it is. Of course it
2: is. And here's the thing, like, I yes. you feel like I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, here's the thing too. And I hate, I also hate getting into that because I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, shame you or, you know, we're all anxious about this because we've never been through a pandemic before. We've never had to do the quarantine thing before. We're doing things we've never had to do. And I think for those of us who are not super young, like our children, we're in our 30s, 40s, perhaps 50s, we might have a little less flexibility uh, because we're used to things going a certain way or working a certain way. And all of a sudden everything kind of ground to a halt and you know, we're quarantined and we start getting a little shaky and we're like, wait a minute, I can't see my friends. Wait a minute, I can't get on an airplane. Wait a minute, you know, I can't go into my office to go to work. You know, like there was just so many things that happened that I think, you know, the first and foremost thing with kids is let's take the temperature of the parents. So that's probably, you know, sometimes there's one parent who's more of the you know hands-on with the kid's parent most of the time or more of the time mom or dad or you know two moms two dads whatever and um, you know then you have the parent who's coming in coming home who now is at home still they're in working from home so like this whole thing has thrown everybody for a loop so I I don't understand how people can't be a little anxious at this point, even though we're we've been in it for a year. It's still there's still so many unknowns, right?
0: It was so back and forth too. Like we've been kind of now it's okay, now it's not, or it's gonna get better, but hold up, don't get, don't get too um, you know, don't get too comfortable, uh, but still do all this. I always relate it back to like, it's like we had a society contract and then, and then like, it was like, ah, no, not anymore. And we sent that societal contract up in flames and now we have to rewrite a new one. And that, and now it's just like, but there's so many opinions. And so you are trying to like navigate this new lifestyle, but also work with like compassion and empathy and, and safety. And it, it does seem daunting and overwhelming
2: yes well and i think that we only, we feel like we only have so much of that right like our 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 capacity for compassion or our capacity for flexibility or our capacity for whatever is we only have so much right and so maybe this is an exercise in how to how to increase our capacity like you would if you were exercising you're going to cr- increase your lung capacity or increase you know the amount of weights that you lift this is an exercise in you know how how do we how do we do this and we're making this all up as we go really guys right like all of life all even before the pandemic we're making all of this up as we go because none of us i have never done this day before this way with the, the set of circumstances that I've got going on. So how would it not be a little bit anxiety producing just in normal, non-quarantine, non-pandemic times, right? right? A lot of times we are on autopilot. And so we just go through the day and we're like, Zoom, okay, drop the kids off at school. We're going here, we're doing whatever. And you're on autopilot. I think what this year has done is it has turned off the autopilot pretty I hate to use the word violently, but kind of like suddenly, right? And so now we've all ground to a halt. We've slowed down and now it's kind of forcing us to pay attention to, oh, my kid's home every day on the Zoom or whatever. And I'm noticing these things about them that I've never noticed before because they're at school all day. Or, you know, my husband or whoever is now working from home and wow, I'm hearing them on the phone calls and they have a very stressful job or whatever the thing is, right? We're noticing more because we've been sort of forced to slow down and notice.
1: Yeah, we kind of talked about this in a previous episode about the pandemic took away all of our, like what we would lean into as convenience and then we had to learn how to relive with like less easy buttons
2: yes
1: (laughs) and i i I had a a meltdown this weekend because i was just like i just want something to be easy right now like i need something in my life to feel easy and nothing is feeling easy i just need a little bit of convenience because it's getting like it's just getting heavy with all the you know the moving parts that it's constantly trying to keep afloat and you're like how much more can we take with this stuff right right Right. Part of that too, like, should we just normalize anxiety? Should we just think that, okay, we all have anxiety. We're all living here now.
2: This Yeah. Is what
1: we have to, you know, to cope with it or to just allow it
2: to be part of our daily life. Well, I think, I think what we're really talking about is just stress in general, right? Like if you have that, you have a stressor and st- not all stress is bad stress also like helps you get shit done right like you know you got a time frame you got to get this done by this time ta- you know it's there's accountability someone's going to ask did you do that you know that's that's all sort of normal everyday stressors that are helpful it's when you get into that fight flight or freeze sort of coping stuff that it becomes an issue right so Then then we look at that more as the anxiety goes up because you're having a physical reaction in your body. And then if it gets bad enough, then you get into, you know, like anxiety attacks. And then you might get into panic attacks or you might then kind of switch into depression because then you shut down, right? So I think, you know, the normalizing the stress of like, you know, nobody goes through life without you know, stressors or unknowns or things that pop up, you know, and, you know, I think just also owning that the three of us are all white women in pretty privileged households, right? So the, what is a stressor for us, you know is probably somebody's like wildest dream. Whereas, you know, stressors for, you know people who are in other situations They're living with stressors that we might not even can imagine at this point in our lives. Right. So I think, you know, just normalizing that of, you know, okay, let's say we were put in a whole different situation, you know, our stress and anxiety would look very different. So almost like kind of backing the truck up and being like, okay, is it that bad right now? Or, you know, it could be a lot. can always be worse, right? But right now, owning for you at this time, this is, you know, different or unusual. And so it feels more of a stress to you right now, right? And then what happens with your body, and that's like the mindfulness stuff is, you know, when you have that reaction, that stress reaction where your body sort of like, you know, feels like a (gasps) sort of feeling, you can go down that rabbit hole and feed that, and you can get more anxious and more panicky and more uncomfortable with that. Or you can kind of say, you know, let's, let's assess this. Is this like, you know, my, my criteria are at this point and have been for a couple of years is, is anybody bleeding? Oh, yeah. Does anybody need to go to the hospital? And is anybody dying? Because those are the three stressors for me that, you know, I mean, I know myself historically to be a very anxious person. I needed the, that's how I coped in my family of origin and being a firstborn perfectionist, you know, all the things like my anxiety. I've known myself to be a highly anxious person and I'm really kind of over it. Like, I don't want to be that person anymore. And I've really actively chosen unless these three things are happening. And even in those three situations of is someone bleeding, is someone going to the hospital or someone dying? I can also be really calm in those situations. Like I am like your go-to like, all right, let's, let's get to the hospital, you know? Oh, you're dying. Okay we're here, let's say our prayers, let's, you know, let's cry, let's do our things. But, you know, I think, you know, assessing how you handle that in a situation. So I think the anxiety is when you've fed the initial sort of, you know, shock of like, this thing has happened, or whatever it is, um, positively or negatively, right? what you do with that. And that's why all the slowing down, anytime you can kind of slow yourself down, slow your mind down, slow the emotions down, slow your actions down, gives you a chance to choose how you want to act in any situation versus just reacting and then feeding that anxiety. And then you're off having a panic attack because you're, you know, you're not sort of slowing it down initially right and there's ways to learn how to do that
0: yeah so what you're saying is step one before we attack what's going on with the kids and kind of that really examine what's going on with yourself so absolutely yes understanding what you're bringing to the table first and then just like okay how is this serving everybody and it's okay if you get it wrong by the way like
2: Totally. Yeah, yes. You're going to get it wrong. I'm going to just let you know now you're going to get it wrong. So just own it when you get it wrong and be like, Oh, I totally fucked that up. Like I got that wrong. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, well,
0: whoops. <laughs> that, went, that, that went, that went south real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by nature, Shannon and I are reactive people. Like we, and it's really funny. We react to different things, but we are very, it, it, it just hits. And and knowing that too, like we both know that, we're I mean, so like, yeah. oh, look, reaction yeah. <laughs> button. Um, but one thing I know is about myself is like I feel overwhelmed very quickly. Like I will be like, whoa, I'm feeling. So I have, you know, you have to learn that. And through accepting that, I think the acceptance was harder. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. She's like, okay, feeling overwhelmed. Step away. Why do I feel overwhelmed? You know, asking. You know, you've helped us with this over the years. You know, why am I feeling like this? How can I address this in the future?
2: So yeah, just owning your shit that you bring to the table. It's hard too. it's like- Absolutely, absolutely. But here's the thing. Okay, so then you have all that of what's going on within you. And I really, you know, because we're all moms here, the question I've been asking women in general, mostly, but nurturers is who nurtures you, right? That down, because I'm looking for that. That that can be another (laughs) podcast episode. But really like, here's the thing, (laughs) like, I'm going to just take over your podcast for you. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got you for 2021. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing is like, you know, we're so used to taking care of everybody else who takes care of the caretaker, right? Like we think we're doing self-care by going to get our nails done or getting a massage or whatever, but it's like, there's a whole internal world, you know, and we can talk about that too, of like the internal versus the external of like, how one do we first take care of ourselves? And I know we like flippantly say like, Oh yeah, put your, you know, airbag on first before you put on the others at in the airplane and stuff. But like really legitly, like we, as the moms or as the nurturers, we have the capacity to really affect our households emotionally, mentally, right? Physically, because we're there physically taking care of them. So there's a piece of this of like, if I, I, when I show up a certain way, I invite the people around me to show up there with me. So if I'm showing up anxiously, guess what?
1: Yeah.
2: So, so if I, if I'm, if I can come at this of like, okay, let's, let's just take a deep breath. Let's figure this all out. You know, what's the best way to kind of go at this and owning your own when you are feeling like, oh, I don't know how to handle this. Let's figure this out. Like verbally saying that like to your kids or whatever, if like, or if you're not having the greatest day, you just say like, wow, you know, like I'm having a really tough day today. And so I just need you to be a little bit more patient with me than normal. Because when we do that as parents and as nurturers, caretakers, we are inviting those people to do that with us. So when our kiddos aren't having the greatest day, perhaps they might actually say, you know, mom, I'm just not having a great day today. Like I've got a lot on my mind, you know, can you just be more patient with me? How wonderful would that be? And here's, here's, you know, (laughs) my kids, have taught me this because they have a mother who's a therapist. So of course my kids, even from a little young age, I've had preschool teachers who are like, wow, your kids are really good about talking about their feelings. And I'm like, you know, they have a mom who's a therapist. So, you know, I, they'll tell me like, you know, mom, I can't, I really can't do that right now. Can you give me like 10 minutes to just kind of wrap this up and then come back to it? I'm like, I'm talking to like little adults, you know? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And most adults sometimes can't even do that. So it's like, if we can get the caretakers, the nurturers doing that within their families, right? you, You help set the tone. And then there's this thing called mirror neurons, right? Which kind of play into all this of like, you know, if somebody's upset or anxious or angry, it kind of elicits that response within the other person. So this is all like very scientific. It's not just like my own anecdotal stuff. It's like, there's science behind this that, you know, how I show up invites the people around me to show up that way too.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel all of this I mean I've, I've got like my youngest is very much an empath, and she can read a room because she can read a face and know exactly like what you're feeling before you even say it um and like the other day I was like buddy you know I was just like hands on my head I'm like I just need a minute and she's like mom I get that I need a minute sometimes too and I was like thank you you know thank and you. she left the room and you know when I say I need a minute, I'd like 20, she hears, I need a minute and comes back in four. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Like I get it. Um, but how, how do we as caretakers, caregivers work through that anxiety with in real time in real time? I mean, like I'm still processing a lot of shit and I'm still, you know, trying to get through a lot of things. And it's like, it's like one more thing to add to the list when I have to deal with my own internal things and then like i don't really have the time to process because i still have this to do for this person and i've got to help that you know like the caregiver list is so long and yet like you were saying like who's nurturing the the caregiver how do we do all of that at the same time
2: (laughs) right well and that's where the sort of slowing down practice or process really helps right because That might mean slowing down physically. That also might mean slowing down mentally. And that might also mean slowing down emotionally. All of those three things work together. That's very old school, classical CBT sort of clinical behavioral therapy stuff of like, if you start with one of those, feeling, thinking, or behavior, it will affect the other two. So if you know yourself to be a feeler then start with, you know, my feelings of like, let me just, you know, feel this and feel it because you want to validate yourself where you're at. Cause this is what I think the nurturer, what happens with the nurturer is the nurturer just pushes themselves aside. Oh, I'll take care of myself later. I'll take care of myself later. I'll, I'll worry about that later. I'll do that thing later. And then by the time later comes around, all we can think of to do to take care of ourselves is pour a glass of wine and watch some Netflix, right? Like it's, it's, and then that's maybe helpful in the moment or for the day, but of the overall process, you know, it's maybe not really what you're needing. Right. So I think there's a piece of this of it's a practice that you're practicing in real time of just slowing it down. Because if you notice when it speeds up, it feels more anxious. It feels more charged. It feels more energetic. And sometimes we need it to slow down to kind of calm down. And for us to calm down, for the people around us to calm down, for us to think more clearly, right? Because when it's charged up and we're even heightened emotionally, you cannot think logically and rationally. So the whole piece around slowing down and it's not like slowing down, like, you know, you need to dumb it down. It's like slowing down of just like taking a couple deep breaths, you know, like walking away, getting a glass of water, you know, going to the bathroom, whatever the thing is of just like, let me just take these few moments to just focus on me for a minute, right. To kind of get myself sort of settled and clear, clearer, Because sometimes we do have to make those decisions quick. And that's what I love. That's what I love about the nurture and the, the nurture and this idea of like the entrepreneurial spirit, like not even just entrepreneurs, but it's like, we are get shit done people. Like we are get shit done people. Even if we're high empaths or high sensitive people, like I, you know, me is like, I'm still, I'm still a get shit done person, you know? And so how do you reconcile all that to just like, okay, hang on. Maybe I don't need to get any shit done right now. I just need, you know, a moment, uh, a minute, you know, a couple minutes, you know, that like could really transform everything. It doesn't have to be like, 20 minutes of sitting you know in lotus pose taking our deep breaths and having our hands in the perfect mudras or some bullshit like that i mean that's all great i love it don't get me wrong but it's yes i am all about the practical in real time and sometimes it's just like taking a moment taking a sip of your water you know asking yourself because here's the thing and this this is a whole nother podcast episode but this is you know (laughs) write it down Shannon um asking yourself like what is it that I'm needing right now like in your own mind is just kind of checking in with yourself because you have people coming at you all day long needing things right
1: so over being needed yes no
2: so and i want to so i'll share a story with you a couple weeks a weeks ago so i have a husband who is in a cast on crutches in our house that is all stairs oh no no. and has been since the beginning of january he tore his achilles and they don't recommend surgery at this point and it's not healing so i went from running a bed and breakfast like getting up making breakfast for everyone bringing it to people in bed like all this bullshit. Then I realized like, oh, it's a month in, I'm now running a five-star resort. So I was like, you know, this is not working for me. And so I need to understand my participation in this, right? So I, I said, you know, we got my son who's 11, who's very capable, who can do the dishes, but doesn't want to. Your responsibility is to do the dishes. A Couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I'm overdoing everybody's laundry. Mm -hmm. So I, I said, if I stop doing everybody's laundry, they're going to have to do it themselves to get clean clothes. So I gave everybody notice, right? I said, Hey guys, everyone, I'm done. If you can physically walk yourself down to the laundry room, you are in charge of your own laundry. Um, I'll do my husband's laundry because he can't do that right now, but Guess what? As soon as I started making the announcement, nobody liked it. But guess what? My job is not necessarily to be liked. My job is to one, take care of myself so that I can best take care of the bigger picture of all of this too, right? Yes. Because we do we do plenty. If we if we're not doing the laundry and the dishes, there is plenty more that we're doing.
1: Absolutely, plenty. Yes, that's um, when you were saying before as. I think a lot of moms can relate to this. Like we do so much, like we are constantly doing, but we Um, feel like we
0: do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we come
1: down on ourselves. Like we've done nothing, but we do so much. We do. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do think and agree with you, like taking things off your plate and going, like if we're used to running at 70 miles an hour, if we can learn how to go from 70 to 60, that's a step in the right direction. I mean, I think a lot of us, we probably went from like, 70 to 35 during the pandemic. So it was like that shock to the system of like, oh gosh, what's happening? And like the worst thing you can do for a doer is tell that person not to do. And you're like, but that's what I do. Like that's how we validate internally mm-hmm. how we work. Or, you know, and yeah. learning to get that validation through other things has been a very eye-opening experience for me. But also learning that I can operate way more efficiently at 40 miles an hour than I ever did at 70. And yes, like, And I don't have a speeding ticket to show for it. And I'm so happy for that. So I'm like, yes, great. This is great.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: I think sometimes it is, it's, it's hard to say no, but it's also hard to realize, yes, you can do as much as you say you want to do, but is that really going to fulfill you? Is that going to make you happy? Are you, do you right. want to be running so thin just to say that you accomplished everything on your list? Or do you actually want to be happy with what you've accomplished on your list?
2: Right, or not and, <laughs> and and for one, for it to feel good to live with inside your skin, and for the people who live with you, for it to feel nice to be around you. I mean, let's really face that, right? And I know we're talking about kids with anxiety. Today and we're, but I do feel like we'll get there. Yeah. We might need a part two. No, I'm kidding. I think this is all important stuff because we forget, we, we go to like the problem and in therapy, we talk about it as the identified patient, right? Like the identified patient would be the kid with anxiety where the parents are coming and saying, my kid has anxiety. I need you to fix them. Well, that's that system sort of thing around, you know, well, they don't live in a vacuum. And if we work with a kiddo um, and we send that kiddo back home into their home with their parents who might be adding to their anxiety, you know, that's not good for us, for the kiddo. And so that's, or the family. And so that's where we come from a more systemic family therapy mi- mindset and orientation so that we can see like what part of this machine or system is breaking down where this kiddo is feeling it and he's he or she is exhibiting the symptoms of something not going well but it, it may have something personally to do with that kiddo you know like friend stuff or school stuff or it might be that the kiddo's feeling weird or icky or something within the family and their sort of equilibrium is off and that's where the problem has now shown up. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so here's a little exercise. This is the exercise I wanted to do with you guys. Okay. 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 So when you come and you come and you think about like kids with anxiety. So I want you to pick one of your children that you really want to like get in tune with of like knowing their anxiety better. Okay. So, and I wonder if you as a child might have experienced something similar to that or not and so that's very different or it's very similar right Mm -hmm. or if you're this kiddo that you're thinking of is is that kiddo more like you or not as much like you perhaps a little bit more like your partner or not as much so part of this is sort of getting into a feel of understanding where the kiddo's at but also kind of Remembering what it was like to be a kid. And so like now bring yourself to a time when you felt anxious as a kid, right? How old were you? You know, maybe there were certain times or themes or situations or people you were around that made you feel more anxious or less, right? And what did you need as a kiddo to help you with your anxiety Right? Did you talk to your parents about that? Were your parents aware of this? Were you, were you considered to be the problem, right? Like, oh, you have a problem and we need to fix your problem. And maybe there was a bigger systemic thing happening that maybe parents saw or maybe parents didn't see. Mm-hmm. And how would you have wanted your parents or parents to respond to you differently? What did you need that you might not have been getting at the time? Okay. Um, And, you know, then bringing yourself back into this moment and thinking about your own kiddos. I'm curious, sort of, what wisdom do you have now that you sort of have tapped into some of that knowledge of your own past? that you can bring with you to help your kiddo with their stress or anxiety now so that you might see it a little bit differently or clearly or approach it a little differently. Or maybe you're already doing this. I I would imagine there's a lot of this you're probably already doing, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of parenthood is kind of like
1: mirroring. Like you're like, I remember when this happened to me and kind of applying Or or I think sometimes too a lot of us get in that same boat or into the boat of like, I've two battles to fight when I'm trying to parent. It's like helping my child, but also do I need to do it the same as how I grew up or do I want to do it different than how it I did it, how it was responded to me. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like that's sometimes an internal struggle of like, I don't I know what I came away with when I was met with this, so I don't want to do that to my kid and yeah. i think sometimes that's that internal struggle of like you you lean into what you know but like if what you know is not the best option you've got to find a better option for your right. your family
2: well and the positive th- the positive thing for that is that at least there's some movement. When you make a choice and you you do make movement in a in a direction, you're more able to shift direction if there's already movement going, right? And that's why we like there to be lots of choices. We don't want just two options because then we get stuck in like which is the right one to do and they're really we don't know what the right one is. Again, remember, we're making this all up as we go. So I don't know. I'm going to try this one. If it doesn't work, I'm going to go over here and try that one. And if that doesn't work, then I'll go over here and try that one. Right. But, but I think the more we kind of tap into like ourselves and then what that does when we tap into ourselves is I think we're then able to kind of tap into our kiddo in a different way, instead of like going super external and being like, what would Megan say about this? Or what would, you know, whatever say about that, that it's like, let's just slow it down first and check in with you and yourself. Because I see a lot of times, you know, in families, you're going to have kiddos personalities that kind of resemble a little bit of the partner's personalities or dispositions or, you know, anxieties or all the different things. And so you can kind of use you and your partner can kind of be like, did that, was that an issue for you? You know, yeah, it was. What did you need as a kid or what would you hoping for? And you could try it. And we don't know if it's gonna work, it's an experiment. Try it, see how it goes or even better yet, ask the kiddo. Hey, I've been noticing that you're, you're kind of, you know, you seem a little stressed or you seem whatever. How can, I, how can I best support you during this time? Like, you know, I mean, that's a novel idea that we actually ask our own kids. Like, what do they need from us? Instead of us going to the books or going to the experts or going to the things where we're like, maybe this will help me. Like, what if we just slowed it all down? We check in with ourselves. We check in with the kiddo and see how can we best because help them. And I think part of this is, you know, I think a lot of the healing and can happen in the relationship, right? The parent child relationship of just like, Listening, like the parent willing to listen and to just slow down and to say, you know, I've been, I noticed you're kind of grumpy lately. Like, what is that about? Right. Cause that stress and anxiety can show up like anger. It can show up like grumpiness. It can show up like being withdrawn. It can show up just, you know, in a lot of different ways. And you all know, you don't need me to tell you like all the ways you see it show up. Right. It's just checking in with the kiddo, too, to say, hmm, you know, seems like, you're. need and sometimes I'll ask my kiddos this, and they'll just be like, I-, I just need some alone time, or I just need some space, and you're like, okay, well, I'm noticing this, so I just want you to know that I see you, right, like, I see you, and I'm wondering about this, and I'm here for you if you need to talk about it, or when you need to talk about it, which kind of, kind of, you know, elicit to like, oh, I, I probably need to talk about it. So when I'm ready, I'll go talk with mom or dad about it. Right.
0: Yeah. So one thing I'm noticing like as I'm recounting like things in my head of not only my own experiences as a child, but as a parent, I'm having a hard time probably saying in any instance that empathy, compassion, and validation aren't needed. <laughs> like I'm like, what name one, I think, is that just something maybe to lead with? And then and then um, address everything else after? Like, is that something like step one?
2: Of course. I mean, you're already answering your own question. Of course it is. And here's the thing. And this goes back to my who nurtures the nurturer is what if we as the nurturers woke up every morning and like actively nurtured ourselves?
1: What time would I do (laughs) in the morning, do you think? I'm just curious I can build that in
2: (laughs) well again I don't I don't even know if this is something else to do it's almost like shifting the mindset yeah it's it's like let's say you know or even just maybe rearranging even like the morning schedule so like if you know like I have a kiddo who's like first thing is like, you got to get up and make me breakfast. And it's like, okay, well, what if, what if I said, you know, this morning, I'm going to trust that you can find something in the kitchen, anything, anything at all that you can eat. Even if it's not nutritious, I don't care. Just put something in your body and it will be fine. Right. So how do we kind of shift the mindset around? Oh, you know, they need me. Here's the thing. You're going to be much more, um, positively influential if you can show up in a way that you've, you're fed, right? Like you're emotionally, mentally, physically fed versus just that, you know, you're always feeding everybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it's more of the mind, it's me saying, I'm done doing the laundry. And if I keep doing the laundry, then I'm going to keep doing the laundry. And that was hard for me to give up. And I think because, you know, when your kids reach a certain age and you realize, oh, they're fully capable human beings, they can do this on their own. And if I keep doing this, then I'm enabling this behavior.
1: Yes, I agree. I kind of had this conversation with myself yesterday. I was like, I just want my family to want to do the laundry. I just Who's want to want to do the laundry? to you, you want know. to do the dishes. And then it was like, snap out of it, lady. Like nobody wants it. You don't even want to do this stuff. What do yes. you mean you just want your kids to do that? Like <laughs> right.
2: I, I I washed the sheets on my son's bed and I gave them back to him and I said, I would like for you to put these sheets on your bed. Right? Like And I I knew that this was going to be a total shit show, right? Like, you know, because he's like, I don't know how to do this. Of course, you're 11. You don't know how to do this. Like, and he struggled with it. And I let him struggle with it, right? Until he got to a point and I said, how's it going? And he goes, this is really hard. He's like, I don't, I don't like this. And I go. That fitted sheet is a bitch. Yeah. I know. Well, and I said, (laughs) I said, you know, this is pretty much how I feel doing everything that I have to do around the house for everybody else except for myself so and I just kind of slowed that conversation down just so that he could understand and connect with how fucking frustrating it is to have you know I chose it don't get me wrong but it's like you know yeah we everybody can help out a little bit more. And I think we have to get over the fact that people wanting to do it because we don't want to do it. And so they're not going to want to do it. It's just like, and the conversation we've been having, especially because dad's hurt and can't do a lot of the stuff dad was doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we are a team. Everybody has to help out and everybody has to do their part as part of the team. The big things that mom and dad do as part of the team is make money. We don't require you all to go to work and make money so that we can live in this house, so we can have a car that works and gas to put in it, food to bring home. That is our number one job, right? And (laughs) the conversation I also had with my son was, you know how, like, I've pretty much made your life pretty easy for the last 11 years, right? Like, you've had a pretty easy life, you know, good life. I've made it easy for you. And I said, I'm going to hand that baton over to you, and I want you to I want you to be asking the question of how can I make mom and dad's life easy for the next eleven years. Mm. Yes. Like, so, so this is where I need you to be proactive. Thinking, does the trash need to be taken out? That will help make mom and dad's life easier. Mm-hmm. Do the, do the dishes need to get done? That will help make mom and dad's life easier. Because I say all the time, I said. I do not want to have to remind you to do this. I do not want to have to say, nag to say, please, now can you take out that trash? Or now can you do the thing, you know, and we're like 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes, right? And the thing is, is like, there needs to be some sort of consequences. But, you know, that's, that's sort of also the piece of like, what are the consequences and how do we enforce those? Do do we take the screens away? Because that's the thing that seems to be the currency of choice, right? And then it's like, does that create more of a problem or does at least that hurts a little bit, hurts them to lose that thing that they love so much or whatever the thing might be. So natural consequences help more than anything, right? Like any sort of natural thing of like, oh, you can't put the sheet on the bed. Well, then, you know, I know it's gross, you know, no sheet on the bed, you know, and then that that creates a whole nother set of problems. So, so that's the thing of like how to figure out like what are the consequences to this. But I also think, you know, a lot of the parenting techniques and styles and research that have come out in the last 10 plus years are more about like, how do we get their buy-in? How do we get them instead of like the timeouts or the whatever? It's like, how do we get their buy-in to say? I need you as part of this team. You are, you belong and you are part of this team. And because you're part of this team, here are the responsibilities that you have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I like right. the responsibility
0: aspect yeah. because also like responsibility in turn can help empower them and make you feel a little bit more important or, you know, you get that validation, like, thank you, that really helped our team out. And then, you know, it yeah. helps you forward. It does make you feel more connected. As yes. Well not yes. like this, this lonely planet in the family solar yeah. system yes
1: that was like last night I was making dinner and I looked up and it was six thirty and I hadn't even started I was like oh my gosh we, we really gotta get on the ball all members were in the kitchen and they were all just looking at me I know <laughs> and I was like you know what guys I'm in the weeds and I gave everybody a job nobody was excited and again I was like Shannon Take that a step down, but like I had to delegate. I was like, "Listen, in order to get this done in the next twenty minutes, I need everybody's help. It's an all hands on deck situation." And they did it. I mean, one squawked more than the other, and I was like, "That's fine," but like it worked, you know. And we had dinner on the table by seven, which kind of helps keep the night going the way it needed to go on a school night. But I was like, Ugh. "Right." <laughs> I mean, it was very helpful, though. Yeah, like, and even like it just yes. frustrates you. Like you're, they're all like. Right. And I'm like, don't sit here and stare at me. Just pick up something and like ask if you could help. Like, like right. St. Bernard. Yeah. Right. Like, you, like you, you know, like, well, what now? I mean, at least the dog was like picking up crumbs on the floor. I'm like, see, she's vacuuming. Like, she's doing yeah. her part.
2: Well, and I think, I, I think, unfortunately, that's, that's an issue that we have as the nurturer is that we've done our job really well and we've taken care of our families very well a little too well perhaps where they become too uh, accustomed to a certain lifestyle and when mom wa- or dad wants to tap out and be like i need you all to step this up you know maybe maybe we do pass out, you know, that. uh, okay, kiddo, you, you're in charge of dinner tonight. So you either, if that's our one time a night, a week to eat out, maybe that's our you choose where we go, or, you know, you, you want to make us a can of chicken noodle soup. Great. Like, we'll just get on board because that's what you're capable of at this point. But, you know, I think thinking outside the box that we're used to thinking of, like, we've got to do it all. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Uh, because this is also, I think as they get older, like, you know, having an 11 year old, I'm now on that downward slope of he's going to be at home less time, you know, before he goes to school and he's gone. Right. So I now need to start training myself perhaps for, you know, what is it like to get my, or that my kids are now not in the home. Right. So I'm going to utilize their energy and youth while I can to get some of the stuff done around the house but I also my job now is to help set them up for success as they launch and you know are practicing their adulting skills in middle school and high school and all the things because that's a whole nother layer of um, development right, that we've been getting our kids out of, like, early childhood, and now we're in, like, middle childhood, and now we're stepping into, like, the adolescence piece, which this is where we need to start teaching them adult skills. Yeah, like,
0: you have the highest IQ in the <laughs> and really suck at adulting. Yeah, <laughs> like, You know, you do need life skills. Yes. Like, Getting from A to B, getting your stuff together. I don't know, taking care of yourself. Honestly, being a human, hard. Hard. You got a lot. Of, if you think about every micro step you have to take to get yourself going for the day, not anybody else, just yourself, it's a lot. It's a yeah. a lot of stuff. Grooming, washing, plucking, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> things happen. It's a lot. You teach yourself. You know, what I mean, Oh, I applaud you. Cause I need to do a better job. <laughs> but,
2: and I think the helpful thing for me has been owning, like, you know, I can't do it all. I, I need your help. You know, like, this is hard for me too. You see how frustrated you are. I'm almost 44. I have felt that frustration for 44 years. You have felt that for 11 years, you know? So this is where, you know, the pitching in really helps. Yeah. And you know, the giving back perhaps of like, I have made your life easy for 11 years. How can you help make daddy and I's life e- easy for the next 11 years? Which I know likely is not going to happen, but I'm planting that seed, goddammit, because that needs to be planted. One
1: day you're going to be able to pick the fruit from that seed that you just planted. So it's not going to happen next week, but I mean, it's going to, that orchard will grow plenty. I, it I will. feel it in my soul. Yes, um, Megan, I know you have been so generous with your time today um before we wrap this up is there anything
2: else that you want to share with our listeners about i think think, well just the other thing i had written down just to mention is the idea of flexibility versus rigidity which i know we've talked about before but it hurts to to drive that home yes Yes, because, you know, in times of stress, we usually tend to clamp down and get more rigid or controlling because we want the routine, we want the certainty, we want to know, we want to be able to expect something and then it happens and I think with the with the pandemic, with all the quarantine stuff is there's just been so much unknown and uncertainty. But I think the more the mindset, if you can step into a little bit more of a flexible mindset, right? So like maybe the house doesn't need to look perfect or be picked up. Maybe the laundry gets done, but it sits in their baskets unfolded in their rooms, but they can pick out clean underwear out of it at least, right? Like it's not perfect it's not your sense of ideal right but it's it's the best that we are doing in this time without causing our own craziness right our own anxiety to go uh off the charts right and so meal times if meal times don't have your perfect balance of fruits and vegetables and proteins maybe it doesn't right or so this is, you know, being more gentle with yourself, creating that flexibility for yourself again, like doesn't have to be perfect. You know, I mean, nobody ever really looked and say, wow, like it's so amazing how perfect that person is, you know, cause it's not, it's not real. I mean, it is, but it's not right guys. I mean, it's, you're trying to do that perhaps for yourself but maybe so that it looks a certain way to others. and. For me, I'd rather show up authentic and real. And this is how it is. And my house is a mess. And I've got my kitchen table looks like, you know, everybody came in and dumped all their crap on it pretty much all the time. And that's pretty much how it is. um, Because that's real life. And that's what is happening right now in my household. So, you know, So flexibility, just being more flexible with yourself, being more flexible with the people around you, being more kind to yourself, more gentle with yourself, you know, I think that breeds that compassion, it feeds that compassion and that sort of like, if nobody's bleeding to death, nobody's going to the hospital and nobody's dying, right, then I probably don't need to like freak out about this thing.
1: Absolutely. I feel like that's going to be plastered everywhere. Nobody's <laughs> dying. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say when I coached cheerleading, I was like, if you aren't bleeding, you're not broken and you're not on fire. I don't want to hear about it. Like, don't, don't, don't come and tell me if none of those three things are happening. I don't have time.
2: Figure it out, figure it out, work it out. You know, that, that builds the resiliency. I mean, really what this year is building is a resiliency. Right. And I think, you know, one of your questions was about, you know, where, where, what are the long-term effects of this? And Hopefully there's a lot of positive effects about this, right? That we see so many like what we're capable of that maybe we we didn't realize we were capable of, you know, because we're probably not going to come up against another generation who's gone through a pandemic like this, right? So, I'm excited to see where this will lead people. If anything, maybe we'll have more out-of-the-box thinkers, we'll have, you know, people who are more entrepreneurs or artists or whatever who are not just in the autopilot of all the things, right?
0: Yeah, I love that. I do, I hope that happens. I, I really tell. do. I think it's, a, we just had a discussion the other night, like how amazing we've, humans can be when they are pushed to the limit or we, I mean, we are amazing little, little beings and we do need to offer a little bit more gratitude to that too, like yep. we do something amazing and yep.
2: hats off to everybody. Yes, so here's a challenge. So for everybody listening to this, how how can you show gratitude to somebody you know verbally or written or something that will that you really truly feel grateful for what they're doing because here's the other thing is like when we show that gratitude to others that then catapults them perhaps to show that to others and so then we're doing this sort of you know, chain effect of, and you might even start with your own family members, even if they're driving you crazy, there's probably a lot of things that you're grateful for within your household, right? And focusing on those things of gratitude because that shifts moods very quickly when we show the gratitude, the kindness, the compassion, those are all interrelated. So the more you can do that as the nurturer, right? To others, but also to yourself, right? It can multiply because that feels good and people want to feel good. And then hopefully people want to help other people feel good. So they're just going to share that gratitude too.
1: Love it. Just gratitude bombs everywhere. Gratitude, gratitude. gratitude. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Glitter bombs. Awesome. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. This is, as always, such a delight to talk to you. You make us feel Like all this crazy is completely normal and we are so grateful for that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes.
2: Thanks for having me. See you next time.
0: Thanks for sharing your time with us.
1: Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.